Welcome to Voices from Israel, a sister podcast of Good People Talk, where Good People Fund grantees in Israel describe how they and their organizations are pivoting to meet urgent and evolving needs since the country was attacked and war began. Sahar is a Good People Fund grantee. Since 2000, it's offered online support for Israelis facing challenges to their mental and emotional well-being. In this first episode of Voices from Israel, GPF Executive Director Naomi Eisenberger speaks with Sahar's CEO, Yael Levy. Yael describes the trauma in Israel and how Sahar is adjusting to meet unprecedented needs. For more information, visit goodpeoplefund.org. Here's Naomi and Yael in conversation. You know, I have to say, Yael, I, I may have said this to you before, you were the first person that I thought about and, and Sahar because the enormity of everything was such that I immediately said, we now have an entire country traumatized. Where were you on October 7th? You know, what was the immediate response? I was in India and one of, of our volunteers, because, you know, it's Shabbat here. People are disconnected from the media. Some of the staff didn't even, the religious people didn't even know what's happening before late afternoon. But one of my volunteers just sent me WhatsApp. Are you already in Israel? I told her no. Okay. Can I? claim that I'm opening the chat now. So I understood that I know nothing about what's happening. We just opened the chat immediately. She raised the volunteer. She raised other volunteers to go online with her immediately. And actually, since then, we're open 24-7 around the clock. I was operating uh, things from abroad, but it was very, very difficult being with the uncertainty when I will be back and also being in the situation after a long holiday with my family, with the kids. It was very uh, stressing and awful situation. First of all, to be far away and not being able to actually be with the staff that is here and is functioning only 10 days later. I returned to Israel after moving from India to London and then trying to catch flights back. It was very challenging. You're back home. Are the kids back in school? They are partially in school. Three kids each. One of them is actually dividing studies between Zoom and school. There is a day where I'm alone and there's a day I like this. Three children's home. So, yeah, Um, it's like uh, operating an office. The primary question here is what the effect of the war has been on Sahar. Let's hear. I think that first of all, before speaking about Sahar, I think we need to understand. I'm trying to myself understand as well what we are actually at the moment experiencing. First of all, we're accumulating a lot of feelings at the moment. So everything is very mixed up. We ask ourselves as human beings, as people living at the moment in Israel, what to do and what's next. Everything is very mixed up. And I think that as Sahar, we have a critical role as an organization, providing emotional support to people in emotional distress in regular days. These days are like 10 times more difficult. We have an active 
role here in the whole the system. We first of all need to understand all of us, and I'm talking about myself, I'm talking about my staff, I'm talking about the volunteers, what happened since October 7 and what we are experiencing. And from there, to understand the role that we should take in order to help more people. But first of all, we experience a loss of life, many lives here in Israel at a very short time. We also were deeply, I think, in the world as well. We were witnessing the, the cruelty of these people that, that is unconceivable. The number of people murdered, the number of kidnapped are unconceivable and unprecedented in global terms. Thousands of people evacuated from home, unfunctioning government, lack of human resources in all the systems here in Israel, the ground penetration now in Gaza, which is making people and families and mothers of soldiers very much in distress. This is a very short list of what right. we're currently experiencing. So all these things that we are experiencing all together right now are creating real individual and collective trauma. Right. These are mixture of emotions like anxiety and loneliness and uh, hopelessness that you can't define into one definition. I'm not talking about only about the people who were there actually physically in those kibbutzim or downtown, but also me as witnessing or knowing about all these horrific things that happened that are actually making us feel not secure, feeling a lack of hope feeling all those things. So it's a really big, big thing that each one of us is experiencing. Right. Me as the executive director of an organization that is helping people at those at those points. But as Sahar, you know, I thought about it. I think we should remain modest as we were before. Nothing changed in the DNA of how our organization works. I think even these days, we should be even more modest, trying to create some relief, a little bit, like just for 30 minutes, 40 minutes of a conversation with a person who actually contacts us, and this can make a little change. And it's all shocking, I think, all the world assumptions that we had up to October 7th. Right. We're all lacking security, trust, and feeling of being safe wherever we are. Each one of us, speaking with a person and our volunteers as well, they're yeah. experiencing the same. I'm experiencing the same. I need to gather my energies and strengthen each moment as if from the beginning. It's a collective trauma that it's an individual, a social and a national trauma that we never imagined. At the moment, we're trying to do our best being there around the clock because mm -hmm. we were there like before, like in average 10 hours a day. So mm -hmm. now being there around the clock for everyone who needs help or needs someone uh, to listen to, right? do our best, train more volunteers to staff the lines. How is everybody caring for themselves? The helpers have to be helped as well. Yes. Our staff is doing an amazing job because from the beginning, 
we created ventilation group. Each evening or a few times a week, there was guided ventilation mm. group guided by one of the mental health professionals and just just to be together to share the togetherness I think is the most important thing today. Our volunteers who are themselves in distress or even hurt directly from this massacre, they are trying in order to deal themselves with the anxiety and trauma to feel significant in what they're doing. So they're trying to find significance. And I think Sahar enables them to be active. Yes. And being active is actually one step in getting healed. We're not talking yes. about healing at the moment. It's um, coping with it. Yeah, coping is, is being active. And when you're active and when you're feeling that you help others, you find significance. So you don't like sink to depression or right. it, it helps them. And to be part, I think that Sahar, since we're kind of like a family, because not all of us are living in Kibbutzim and have communities. So I think that Sahar enables the volunteers to be part of a community if they don't have other communities. So it's a very strong feeling. Right. How are you attracting new volunteers at this point? Uh, first of all, we were bombarded with you, are. you know therapists, people from you know psychologists, social workers mm -hmm. that from the beginning wanted to help. Some of them don't live in Israel, so they cannot go to those centers where all the people evacuated from home or families of the kidnapped people are concentrated. So some right. of them do go physically, but some of them couldn't either because they, I don't know where they live in the periphery or abroad. Right. So we trained 80 wow. therapists. We focused on therapists that are available. We will try to continue supervision and the professional training on right. the go, because training is one thing. You train, but then you have to maintain, you have to supervise, you have to give them the personal care. A volunteer wrote yesterday, yes. all the volunteers have WhatsApp groups, and I shared it. She said, she wrote to uh, all the volunteers, I hope it's okay to, to share here. There's a very tragic story about a very precious driver that tried to help children during the attack and couldn't help it anymore and probably decided to end his life. It was publicized like two, three days ago. And it, it our volunteer's uncle, she wrote to all the volunteers, take care of yourselves, be very attentive to your strengths, to oh. your heart. And if there is like a conversation that really opens some things that are not something that you can deal with by yourselves or just very difficult and heavy content. Don't be shy to share, to tell the staff. She wrote to everyone, there is an amazing team of Sahar that is here all the time to embrace and to take care of us and to keep us. Yeah, to say, not save us, but you know, yeah. to, to keep us safe. If it's heavy on your heart, please don't 
stay alone with this. So it's a, like a volunteer who actually provided strength to the staff, you right. know, like that right. we, we are really making a lot of efforts to keep our volunteers safe. But there's an amazing staff here. <laughs> when you build it right from the beginning, when you have stressors like this, and stressor doesn't even come close to what has happened, you see the the good in what you've created. I know that you had many volunteer Israeli volunteers living in America. Are they still functioning on the hotline? Yes. Part of what we did is we made some changes in the staff so that we have uh, training persons dedicated in New York time for the volunteers there. Of course, this is where functioning all night thanks to those volunteers. Otherwise, we couldn't do it. We must preserve them. We must continue training them and we must expand the number of volunteers during those hours. So that's what we're doing. Right. Is there any theme that seems to be recurring with the calls to the... I think at the moment, at, at the moment, at the moment, and since the beginning, uh, nearly every call is related to anxiety, right. deep anxiety, and real threats. People feel really threatened, right. betrayed, also abandoned, right. neglected. So all those feelings of, I think, anxiety together with the other things I just mentioned. Right. This is the content that we meet uh, 24 hours at the moment. I don't know what to say, you know, when this level of anxiety will minimize. I don't know to say because at the moment we're not seeing any decrease no. in the levels of anxiety and also the numbers. Nobody really knows what's coming. Except that probably the one given is that you're going to be, you're going to be needed for a very long time and probably on a full-time basis. Yeah, and also I think on a larger scale, meaning that the country will take responsibility for right. this neglected field, mental health, which was like neglected for years. Of course, we're a small organization operating in the whole big system, but I really hope that they will dedicate billions of dollars towards the recovery of a traumatic nation. I can see, you know, that they finally understand. You Counting think? on that, at the moment, we only see the civil uh, society yeah. uh, creating, innovating, being creative unbelievable steps, organized projects that are actually happening. Right. The government needs to learn from those. Have you been able to maintain the Arab hotline? Yes. Uh, we won't get into politics now because I don't no. think it's you know, the platform, but no. we are providing help in Arabic to the yeah. Arab population here in Israel. Certainly for us, that was a very significant piece of what Sahar does. I suspect that you're going to remain very busy. Have you increased the staff yet? Yes, you have. we just launched earlier today the expanded staff of Sahar. During those days, we actually recruited, reorganized the whole mm -hmm. professional staff led by 
our organizational professional manager, training a massive amount of volunteers that are now functioning in the lines uh, needs much more supervision and training. The number of volunteers raised from the end of September until the end of October were about 72% more volunteers from 266, wow. if I'm not mistaken, to about 350. And on Sunday, we're opening a new training course. So we will have, I assume, about 60 to 80 more volunteers entering Sahar. So this needs... Uh, expanded training team. Of course, yeah. Are you able to glean any statistics from those calls? In percentages, a number of calls, so we are experiencing actually between 300 to 400% rise in calls. Wow. Meaning that if we answer about 20,000 callers a year in regular times in the chat, I'm, I'm talking about yeah. because we have other services, so only since 7th of October until 31st of October, we answered 6,000 calls. Wow. Wow. Okay. So if in the whole year, in three weeks, we answered 6,000 out of 20,000 calls annually. Okay. Which wow. is on a rate. So this wow. is like a huge, yeah, a huge rise. I want to first thank you for giving your time to this call, because I know you're busy. <laughs> I want to thank you and everybody at Sahar for the great, great work that you do. It was great to talk to you and we're looking forward to, to sharing this with our audience so that they can see firsthand what's going on on the ground. I thank you for your time. 